0: Good morning, Calvary Church. Uh, so looking forward to being able to share with you as we continue in this whole series that we've been doing in the book of Hebrews. Uh, my name's Eric Wakeling. I know you've been promised that uh, my wife, B will be here, and she will be. So don't worry, it's not just me. So don't just turn off your TVs. You'll get a chance to hear from her in a little bit. But we are uh, continuing this Jesus is Supreme series. And in the book of Hebrews... And today we're in Hebrews 3, 1 through 6. Um, now, the thing for today as we get into this is this, uh, this text that we have in Hebrews 3. It's kind of just recognizing that it's leading up from the beginning, right? So all this whole thing, this letter, is uh, being written to these Jewish believers, people who have grown up their whole life uh, with the Jewish faith, and then they've come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah. And so as they believe that Jesus is the Messiah, though, they're starting now to undergo a lot of persecution for that, even threat of imprisonment, some being imprisoned for that. And in the midst of all of that, they're starting to waver in their faith. And so the author is saying, no, 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 don't waver in your faith because Jesus is greater than all of that other stuff. Jesus is greater even than angels, than the law, the Torah, than the system of sacrifice, than Moses, than any of the good things of this world. He is the ultimate thing to be pursued. And I love even the very first chapter of Hebrews says that he is the exact representation of the glory of God, the radiance of God's glory. So it's in Jesus... That we see God. And that's incredible. And so that's where, then as we head into this third chapter, we have the author saying hold on. And so that's where we have this title for today's sermon of I'm holding, I'm holding, I'm holding on to you. And this is a little shout out for the kids out there that are maybe uh, tuning in to this sermon. If you remember a couple years ago with Shipwrecked VBS, this is that song, I'm holding, I'm holding, I'm holding on to you. And uh, that's as much as I'm going to sing, I promise. But that this is all about how we hold on to Jesus. When we're wavering in our faith, when everything's going wrong, we hold on. So let me read um, this passage for us, okay? So listen to Hebrews 3, 1 through 6 here. It says, Therefore, holy brethren, partakers of a heavenly calling, consider Jesus, the apostle and high priest of our confession, "...he was faithful to him who appointed him, as Moses also was in all his house. For he has been counted worthy of more glory than Moses, by just so much as the builder of the house has more honor than the house. For every house is built by someone, but the builder of all things is God. Now, Moses was faithful in all his house as a servant." for a testimony of those things which were to be spoken later. But Christ was faithful as a son over his house, whose we are, if we hold fast our confidence and the boast of our hope firm until the end. All right, so that's this, this whole passage of Hebrews 3, 1 through 6 that we'll look at today. But it starts with this in verse 1, just consider Jesus. It says those actual words. Just first of all, consider Jesus. And the NLT even just uh, translates that as think carefully about Jesus. So this first command we have here is to do that. When we waver, when we struggle... Think carefully about Jesus. Consider him. Because he's saying to them, look, you've left all of your other belief, you've left everything of your past to follow Jesus. And now you're struggling, right? And I'm sure that is even for many of you, that you have left everything else that you've ever thought about believing in. Maybe you went on a long search about what is true and who is God and what happens when I die, all of that. And maybe though now, maybe you never actually thought carefully about it. Maybe you're just doing all this because your family did or you're supposed to. So now you're wavering because we're all going through a crazy hard time and you might be wavering in your faith. So the first thing though that you should do is consider Jesus. Think carefully about him. Because Jesus will outlast your doubts, your struggles, your fears, your questions, your insecurities. He welcomes those things. He welcomes your doubts and your struggles and your questions. But he's bigger and stronger than all of them. And he is, then he says, more faithful. So the whole point of this part, this text, is that Jesus is more faithful than anything, than any one that you could ever follow. And so consider him, think about him, and recognize he's more faithful than all of it. It says even, uh, this is that whole chunk of Hebrews 3, 2 through the beginning of 6. Let me read that for us uh, in the NLT just to kind of help help us understand it maybe a little bit more. But it says... For he was faithful to God who appointed him, just as Moses served faithfully when he was entrusted with God's entire house. But Jesus deserves far more glory than Moses. Just as a person who builds a house deserves more praise than the house itself. For every house has a builder, but the one who built everything is God. Moses was certainly faithful in God's house as a servant. His work was an illustration of the truths God would reveal later. But Christ as the son is in charge of God's entire house and we are God's house. Okay, so Jesus is more faithful, that Christ is more faithful as a son over his house. Whose house we are, and so he makes this whole like uh, illustration, this whole comparison to Moses. So remember, this is written to these Jewish believers in the first century. Like the ultimate example is going to be Moses. When you think about faithfulness, faithfulness. I mean, they could have gone with Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, maybe King David, but Moses here is this example of faithfulness and. He uses this word, this, um, this Greek word to talk about Moses is this word Therapon. Therapon is the Greek word for servant here in verse 5. It's the only time this word is used in the entire New Testament. It's, whenever something like that happens, I think I get sort of interested. Okay, what's going on? Why? Why is this, that, uh, why is this used in that time? Well he's actually quoting back to the Old Testament, Numbers 12, 7, where he says, my servant was faithful in all my house. This is him talking about Moses, that my servant was faithful in all my house. And so when we think about then this word, uh that's actually the word that's used in the Greek version of the Old Testament. And it's the only one here. Now, the normal word that we'd see most of the time for servant is this, this Greek word doulos. Doulos means bondservant, or really it means slave. And so where what we have here is a little bit different, and I think it kind of helps us to see that a therapon is one that serves willingly, one that serves faithfully in this way, willingly, not by being forced to. We even could see that, that slaves themselves could choose to be a therapon and choose to serve in this way. It's actually where we get the word therapist, one that cares for people willingly. Uh, so that's where some of that comes from. And so Moses is this example of faithfulness. So they would uh, they would be thinking about this example of faithfulness that. You are are following Jesus now, and you've left everything to follow him, all of like your past, all of your sort of all of the traditions maybe of some of, of Judaism to follow Jesus, and you're going through all this persecution, but but don't go back to that. Don't go to Roman gods, which would be much more sort of culturally comfortable for them. And even though you're having persecution, follow Jesus because he is more faithful. And I think for you, like, what would you leave Jesus to follow in this day and age? You know, for some of us, that's different philosophies, that's ease, that's fitting in, it's security, it's even politics. I think one of the biggest struggles I I think that our American church is having is that I believe that many of us are even putting our politics and what we believe about that above what we believe that Jesus would have us do, above what the scriptures would say. And it's at all ends of the spectrum, of the political spectrum, that this is happening, that we put these things above that. And we're even seeing that kind of playing out in this whole season of, uh, of kind of where we're at within the quarantine and with coronavirus. And I, I had a podcast about that this week that I really encourage you to listen to. Sent out just even an article about that a little bit, but where it talks about, Being, some of us are cautious right now, maybe very safe, what you would just call cautious. Some people are maybe what we call confident, feeling like we should just, we need to move on, we need to reopen, we need to do all of this stuff. And what we're seeing is, I think, the enemy, the devil, is, is using this as a way to bring conflict and a way to divide God's church. So I want us to be careful because I think that, I know that we have within our church people that are thinking all of these things to be both cautious, to be confident, and we can see that kind of playing along political lines even, and we want to be careful that we don't give the enemy a foothold to divide the church, because what we need to be united around is our mission, our God, and the mission that our God has given us, and He's given us a mission to spread the gospel of Jesus and to care for those in need that He has put in, that He has entrusted to us. And so, I want to be careful that we don't lose sight of our mission and our unity around our mission that Jesus talks about in John 17 and other places when we think about, then, just what we think we should be doing to help our country, that we're united around something above all of that even. And so we want to see each other, see each other of... <clears throat> excuse me, of who we are in the midst of that, who we really are in the midst of all of these differences and, and give grace and be an example to the world of how the church is going to handle this differently. We see our, our country divided politically and how will the church stand out as a light that handles a situation like this differently than the world would. And we do that by being faithful to Jesus as a servant as a servant like Moses was. And so what we see even in Moses, though, is that Moses was faithful, as kind of concluded about that, (laughs) that whole part. And sorry, there's one last thing even on that part. I know it's like, this is probably like a little bit extra today. And it's probably gonna make me go a little bit long today, but I'm okay with it. But is the fact that when it comes to how and when we will reopen Calvary Church, even, that we aren't going to go along with any sort of political movement regarding that one way or the other. That we as leaders of Calvary Church, the elders of Calvary Church, the pastors of Calvary Church, we are seeking God and direction from the Holy Spirit first about what we will do, and we also are being wise and consulting the best resources that we can about what is going to be helping us be a good neighbor, helping us be safe, and then also helping us not shrink back from the mission that God has given us to do. So we aren't going to go with any date someone else declares for us, but with what God has led us to do. All right. That's all aside. Let's get back to Moses. Okay, Moses is this example, right, of faithfulness that that the author of Hebrews gives. But he was only faithful enough, like as this testimony, Moses was faithful enough. He was faithful even though he was. Uh, persecuted for it. He's faithful even though the people of Israel are opposed to him in this. And they're like wanting to go back to their slavery in Egypt. And Moses is faithful even in that moment. He's faithful even though his own brother and sister, Miriam and Aaron, are opposing him at certain times. But Moses wasn't perfect either. He was not perfect at all, actually. And uh, he had this moment where he strikes this rock. He strikes the rock to get water to come out of it, even though God said, just speak to it. Just speak, just ask me and it will come. But Moses then takes matters into his own hands and strikes the rock. And Moses actually was really punished for that. He never got to go into the promised land himself because of that. So he's not perfect, but he's considered faithful in all of God's house. So now, um, as we are here, though, on Mother's Day, I thought, okay, Moses was this ultimate example of faithfulness. The ultimate example of faithfulness made for us, and especially today, uh, is the perfect sort of idealized mom. And so I thought, Let's welcome up who I think is the perfect idealized mom, my wife. So come on up, B. You're very excited. The crowd is applauding and going crazy for you to be here. <laughs> I love you, babe. Uh, it's good to have you. Have a Thank seat. Thank you. Yes. Um, yeah. And so we joke, obviously, about I think you're an amazing, wonderful mom, but obviously not just not the perfect idealized mom, but... Yeah, but we all aspire for that. But I want to talk about that, like a little bit about what is that idealized mom? You know, what do you think that would kind of look like? What does that mom look like?
1: Yeah, I think um, moms are, there's a lot of standards that we hold ourselves to. There's the picture of Proverbs 31 and uh, Mary Poppins and (laughs) a perfectly kept house and all the needs met and somehow, probably working or present at everything, right? Like there's a lot right. that we can put into that. We can layer that with a whole lot of things that are really uh, impossible to meet and overwhelming.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I, <laughs> I think you do a great job of all of that kind of stuff, but it's hard, right, to be yeah. this perfect mom. And I think like a lot of people are probably thinking about like, I can't be that or I I can't do that. But there are these things of just super nurturing, very wise, caring for everyone, strong. Yeah, you know, like having all of those sorts of traits.
1: It's a balance of trying to find that in between of like all those things you want to be and what your heart is to be and also fighting the ideals of what you could be also given, you know, the amount of time or the amount of resources right. or whatever. So,
0: Right, and I think about like just then, um, maybe we like just could talk a little bit about what our mom situations were, like what was life like for each of, each of us a little mm-hmm. bit. So what was your mom life like early on?
1: Yeah, I think that my story is um, messy, like everybody's. But you know, um, my I have my I had my birth mom who gave birth to me and gave me life, and super grateful for that. And also, she was um, ill from basically the time I was born. And so then God gave me um, a phenomenal, most like my my. Adopted mom is the most nurturing, motherly person I know. She's the most naturally motherly person I know. And um, God gave me that to fill in the the gap and the void that was left from my first few years of life where I didn't get to have that motherly experience. And then I also have these amazing um, mom figures in my life that have been, you know, whether that was in high school, my friend's mom's, um, Sherry Shank is definitely... Yeah. that person on a regular basis, a, another mom figure in my life. And then I get to do that for, you know, my students and my children. And it's, it all comes back around. So.
0: Exactly. Cause it's, yeah, your, your stories are so interesting because like there was an obvious lack that you had because mm-hmm. of your mom's illness when you are little and, and even taking care of yourself. So you sort of like, you know, what you missed, you know, maybe yes. some people, and so, so, there's lots of people out there that have that experience of, sort of knowing what you miss. Yeah. And maybe they haven't had a great mom experience.
1: It is a hyper awareness of it. it yeah. Is, I mean, even for you right now, I think like you, it's a hyper awareness that you, your mom is gone now and that yes. you're aware of it. And that's, it's weird that you, to be that as like a little kid and to have that, to, this awareness of a, a missing and then awareness of, of the fullness of that.
0: Right, right. So. Yeah, and my mom. mom, yeah, yeah. My mom was, like, you know, amazing. It's, my mom passed away a few years ago, and so we kind of, we talk about how it feels like now sometimes my mom has been sainted because <laughs> yeah. she passed away a few years ago. I mean, she seems like she was this perfect mm-hmm. person, even though I know she, trust me, I know she wasn't. <laughs> but at the same time, I think one of the things I loved most about my mom is how much my mom cared about what I cared about. Like, it's sort of selfish as a kid of, like, the things that, but it's, like, what you, like, what you get. Like, my mom always wanted to hear my stories. My mom always wanted to ask about me. My mom always wanted to celebrate about what I would do, you know, that kind of a stuff. And um we just don't always have someone in our life that's like that. We can try to be that, you know, for each other. The person that you can brag to. We were talking mm-hmm. about that earlier mm-hmm. today of who's that person it's okay for you to brag, mm-hmm. you know, about yourself to. And sometimes that's... Absolutely your mom and so there's like all these, these ways that we've had these interesting experiences but even with my mom not around yeah just even now being aware of of what's, of what's missing and how that faithfulness of a mom is so incredible
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, and like what do, you, what do you feel sort of now about how you try to live out this whole thing of being a mom because you're a mom and you're a great mom but like how do you feel pressure or how do you do this for you? Uh,
1: I think all moms have the bad habit of putting a lot of pressure on ourselves to, because you want to give your kids everything that we, you know, your heart is to provide all the things. I think though, with that, we've learned how there isn't a, a one mold, right? Like we had to parent our kids very differently. Our kids are polar opposites in so many ways and parenting them is not identical. And that was, you know, a whole nother. It, it requires a village of people to to accomplish, right? It's not just me and it's not just you. And I don't know, that's a lot to fill in. And we put pressure on ourselves that we're somehow doing them a disservice by not doing, get like somehow meeting every single right. need just right. But that is our heart and that is to having to parent them so differently.
0: Right. But I love how, but your, because your desire is to sort of uniquely notice what each one needs, mm-hmm. like who you know, who each one of our kids and like what they need differently. And that's a cool thing I think about a mom is that they can recognize. I think that's one of these God traits, like God Mm -hmm. recognizes each one of us Mm -hmm. uniquely what we need and kind of meets each one of us in the spot that we're in, right? That's cool. Um, What I think is so cool about all this too is when we kind of like bring it back into this text of of the faithfulness of Moses Mm -hmm. is like the point isn't for us to be Jesus, like we can't be Jesus. We are always striving to be like Jesus, but we wanna be able to receive from Jesus and follow him and hold fast to him, recognizing that kind of like Moses wasn't able to be perfect in that. Like none of us will be, but we, but we can, you know, ultimately it's that faithfulness of God that we look to.
1: I think I've never had more compassion for Moses and his struggle than in March, April, May of 2020 is like 40 years <laughs> in the wilderness it's true quarantine is just trying to figure out how to manage a lot of different people's needs and what you know needs to get done and trying to get people somewhere and just and like you said like getting fee- like negative feedback or frustration from his family or people arguing with him like that is like quarantine is <laughs> exactly. a microcosm I guess of that yeah and but it's crazy because the whole
0: quarantine was 40 days is where that word comes from. And it's 40 years of wandering. And then, you know, then he even wanted to be able to go in, but they weren't faithful. And so then they had to wander for another 40. And then poor Moses didn't even get to go in himself. But we think about, um, about Moses with this. And there's this whole quote uh, within this text of the builder of the house has more honor than the house. It says, we are the house. So like the people of Israel were the house and Moses was the builder. So he would get some honor, but God is obviously the ultimate builder. Uh, and then, so you just, You got to kind of play out this illustration and you think about i think about houses and architects and uh this is this guy joseph eichler if people don't know that so joseph eichler is this architect that has homes in our area uh there's even this street in orange called woodland that i like to go run on and i think the houses are cool they're kind of weird and different uh mid-century modern kind of vibes but you know, what do you think about these houses? I,
1: I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan <laughs> of this 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 particular builder. I'm much more of like a cozy beach cottage. Builder. Yeah, there you go. Well, just like full of
0: craftsman houses mm-hmm. and Victorian houses. We even had one of those Victorian houses yeah. that you love, right? But I
1: did. I loved it. It was a lot more work than I thought it would be. but <laughs> yeah, I loved exactly. our house.
0: Exactly. It was built in like 1904 or something mm-hmm. like that. And uh, but this these houses are just you know you don't honor. Uh, I guess we don't come in like talk about like just this one house, like we honor Joseph Eichler as the architect. And he was inspired by Frank Lloyd Wright, who is probably the most famous architect ever. And so it's like, you know, these people get the honor, not just the house. You're like, wow, that was really cool. And so then that's where it translates into this whole thing of the house of God's the people of God. We are the temple, right? We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Spirit of God dwells within us. and even into what we're doing here at Calvary, like we're trying to build a family mm-hmm. here at Calvary, not build an organization or an institution, right? Like,
1: Yeah, I think that the, the church family, I think meant the most to me when on like voting day, when we did, you know, we sat in here and everyone was determining our fate.
0: Yes, exactly.
1: It, it was like this very clear realization for me in that moment of sitting there thinking, if we're not... Here, like we're leaving our family. Like this isn't, when Eric and I came here, we were young marrieds, we didn't have kids yet. And so to be able to come into this and build our family here and the men and women who've had such a massive um, influence on our kids' lives. Joe France, I was thinking about him holding Mm -hmm. Ella and... She was real squishy baby and how, you know, that like just his giggle with that. And um, Miss Artie, Miss right? Artie. Oh my yeah. gosh. And just how much she loved Grace and Grace was super intimidated and um, did not want to go to church for a while when she was like three, four years old. <laughs> and then Clara Esser praying the prayer of salvation with Ella at VBS. Like these are really like, that's our family. Yeah. It's not just the four of us, which is so precious. It's not our extended family of our parents and whatnot. It's like, this is our our home to us. And we've built, we've built that intentionally by being super
0: present in that. Yeah, exactly. And, and so I think that's, as we build a family here, like we're all building our families and, you know, like when we think about our personal families moms it's mother 's day moms and dads build families mm. but but today mother's Day, moms build families, and we bet we bless the family, but we bless the builder of the family more and so that 's why today we we honor the moms um, and you know we we think about our family and how we 've tried to sort of build our family and build our family around some certain sort of ideals and principles and God's truth and all of that. Like, I don't know, just some thoughts on how we've tried to build our family.
1: Yeah, I think that both of us are super focused on connectedness, that's a big deal. So, um we do lots of little things like, um, one of my favorite traditions that we have is on birthdays and whatnot, um, whenever it's somebody's special day for something, we all like go around the table um, talking and we like say something we really love about that person. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, you can be thinking about what you want to say to me later. <laughs>
0: oh, I will,
2: <laughs> <laughs> don't worry.
1: Um, we cook together, we yeah. eat together a lot. Like those are all things that like, cause that connectedness really matters. I think one of the things I love most about being like a parent with you is the authenticity in the, that you bring that neither one of us are a picture of perfection or the ultimate example. Totally. We're constantly trying to point back yeah. to the builder, right? To yeah. point back to Christ because um, we don't have all the answers. We, this last week had a whole discussion with our kids about how like we have no idea what we're doing with parenting. <laughs> we're trying to figure it out and their grace to us in that is yeah. Is needed as much as their grace that they need. Yeah. Us,
0: so we're all like navigating this like time where it's oh, just so unknown and what yes. are we doing? We don't know how to handle all these situations. And we aren't this picture perfect family with like perfect devotions every night and mm. you know, all these sorts of things. But because we try to, we're trying to be the best like sort of normal, like Jesus centered life that we can be, but knowing that it's a struggle and it's hard and we're not perfect. And that's what I like about even the, the whole thing with Moses is that he wasn't perfect either, but he was a servant that was faithful in all his house. And and even just kind of one thought to close this part of just like the best gift I think that that for all of us that we can give our children, if you are a parent, is your own faithfulness to Jesus. Mm-hmm. Not like trying to do everything for them to be faithful, but just living a life of faithfulness to Jesus and then allowing them to kind of see that and follow that, that it's about what's caught more than what's taught. Mm -hmm. And so they're gonna catch things and we wanna help them to be able to catch those things. But for them also to see that we're not perfect and that we need Jesus, we don't do all of this ourselves. So just like Moses was a testimony, we can be the best testimony, but Jesus is really the ultimate one to look to.
1: That that need to not, not think that we can match Jesus, but instead, like, work toward that faithfulness with the idea of receiving, right, and yeah. needing to receive his faithfulness, his um, His grace and mercy on us, and that we can, if we can show that to our kids, I feel like that's such a better foundation for them to be able to live under, instead of a, a picture of, like, needing to be this perfect model of something. Like, we can't be that, and yeah. it's such a Gross part of the world that we think we need
0: to. Right, so. it's hard. I think you do a great job of it, and I'm so thankful. Thank you for being so brave to come share during this time. All right, everybody, give B a big hand of. <laughs> Thanks, sweetie. Love you. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so as we think about all this stuff, I think um, what we love is that Jesus is the one that's faithful, and even Second Timothy two thirteen says, if we are faithless he remains faithful so what our our mission is what our command is even in this passage then is to hold on to him we hold on to Jesus. And that's the point of the whole title of this entire sermon is hold on to him. So when you're wavering, when you struggle, when you're being persecuted, when everything's going wrong, when you're not faithful, hold on to Jesus. Uh, It says, if we hold fast our confidence and the boast of our hope firm until the end. And so much as the author of Hebrews is concerned about the perseverance of his friends, these these new Christians, that we want to be faithful in that as well, and so what we hold on to is Christ and I even was thinking about this with uh, rock climbing as kind of an illustration of this, and you see here even just this picture of Alex Honold, the free solo guy who's like my hero of life, he is here this high. It's just insane, right? This high with no rope, nothing. And he has a part in the movie where he says, what you want to do is you want to stay close to the rock. Stay close to the rock. Hold on to the rock. A lot of times when we rock climb, when you're first getting into rock climbing, you even try to hold on to the rope. I mean, he can't do that because he has no rope, but you try to hold on to the rope, but people always say, no, 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 hold on to the rock. Stay close to the rock because the rope is unsure. The rope isn't strong, but that rock is this huge, immovable force, and that's what we hold on to, so we stay close to Jesus, who is the Rock. He's actually called the Rock. So we stay close to Him, hold fast to Him when we're wavering. It's kind of like uh, B and I are actually talking about. It's kind of like when you like drop your little three-year-old off at preschool or, or at church at Sunday school and then you see that kid, I mean you've probably all seen it even just walking by, of that kid just holding on to their mom's leg and just screaming and not willing to go. They're holding fast to their mom and it's with that kind of strength that we hold fast to Jesus when we're wavering, when we struggle, when everything is going Wrong, And because Christ will not let us down. He will always be faithful. And that's the point of this passage. When you're scared, when you waver, hold fast to Jesus because he is more faithful than anything or anyone. You know, one of the sort of family traditions that we have had of ways that we... Um, like pray for our kids and nurture our kids has been something that we brought into our church and it's to pray this priestly blessing uh, from the book of Numbers. It's called the Aaronic Benediction because as Aaron the priest would pray this over the people of Israel that we would pray, I would pray this over my kids, even made up this little song to sing this in prayer over my kids when they were little. And it's just this way of helping them to hold fast to Jesus, to give this foundation to them. And what we want is this foundation for all of us that Jesus, that God is the one that will bless you and keep you. That word keep you is that he protects you, he guards you, he is strong enough to guard you and his face shines on you with delight and love even when you are faithless. He looks at you with love and delight and he gives you grace when you're faithless and he also gives you peace in the storm and so it's this beautiful prayer that we've prayed over our kids we pray over our church and we sing there we want to sing this even now and so after I pray there's just join us in singing this beautiful song version of the blessing so let's pray together now heavenly father I pray that Lord, when we are faithless, we would see you and know that you are faithful, that you are the rock. You are that immovable force that is so strong that we can trust in you. Lord, when we waver in our faith, Lord, when we're persecuted, may we remember and know that you are strong enough, God. And I pray that we would know that you bless and keep us, that you give us grace, that you give us peace, Lord, may we receive this blessing from you and may it shore up our faith. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.
2: His presence will be for you and behind you and beside you all around you and within you, he is with you, he is with you, may his favor be upon you, and the thousand generations and your family and your children and their children and their children may his presence Before you, and behind you, and beside you, all around you, and within you, He is with you, He is with you, in the morning, in the evening, in your coming, in your going, in your weeping, and rejoicing, He is for you.